Welcome to the Players Podcast. This is your host, Coach Noza. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to kids in Northeast Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited from athletic opportunity due to financial limitations. For more information, visit the SalemHootsProject.org. Now on to the show. I coached against you all four of your years in high school, and as a freshman, I remember you being talented, definitely potential there for you to be a great player. As a sophomore, you were definitely the leader of your team, first team all-league guy. But then as a junior, it's like something switched in you, and I noticed that you kind of had this mentality now where like, I'm the best player in the league. That's what That was your mentality. It's what it seemed like. What happened between those two years, and how did you develop that? Uh, it's very easy for me uh, to answer that because it's it's very simple. Uh, a guy, in the, two guys, Willie Freeman and CeeLo. CeeLo, is a, they, they definitely um, changed my life. They changed my game. I, I mean, I thought I, was, I thought I was pretty good my freshman and sophomore. I thought I was actually really good, but I wasn't, you know, not as good as I thought I could have been ever. So, you know, what happened was I just – I was a listener. You know, I, and they made it simple. They kept it real, said these are things that we see in college, been over a professional, you know. They just kind of just kept telling me what was, you know, the realest, you know, because I thought, I, you know, why was I missing? I'm thinking I'm blaming on something else. And they're like, nah, how often do you shoot in the gym? How many times after practice you shoot? You know, and I'm like, what do you mean? I just started getting mad. And I tell myself, like, damn, how many times do you get? You know, tell me stories like people get people get shut up after you know every practice. So I, I shot after every practice. I was the only one. I was the only one. The guys were watching me after every practice. After practice, they would sit down and just kind of take the shoes off, chill. And I was the only one. And Willie, Willie Steele would rebound me. I'd make at least a hundred makes after every hundred hundred um like going around the threes and like twenty five or fifty free throws after every every practice. And I wasn't, my IQ started getting better because they, uh, they, I never knew while watching film, they taught me what they did, you know, in uh, college and professionals, film. That I learned that. I saw how I looked, how I ran, how I jumped. I just like, it just changed my, I was like, damn, that's how I look. Like, yeah, uh. like I just changed everything and they just kept it real with me. So those are the two guys that pushed me, made me upset because they kept it real, but I kept listening and I just did what they want, you know, did what they say. Like, hey, if you want to be great, just put things you got to do. And I didn't. I listened to them. And, um, you know, they just kept it real. But those are the two, two guys that changed my whole entire career around to, to, to a player that I am now, CeeLo and Willie. Well, another thing I wanted to ask you was I feel like after your sophomore year, if I had to choose a weakness for you, it would have been shooting. Like I would have said, if you're going to try to hold Avery below 20, we got to give him space, make him be an outside shooter. And by your junior, senior year, and even going into college, that was your strength almost. To where it was like, we got to stop him from shooting. So was it just repetition, or did you change anything about your shooting? It was definitely both. Uh, I, you know, for some reason, I guess during, you know, growing up eighth grade, I mean, in middle school and then freshman and sophomore year, it was all about dunking for me. So I was doing jump <laughs> programs. I was doing, so it was just, it was all about dunking, get to the room, try to dunk on somebody. And that's all I try to do It's not really shoot a three. Shooting three was really – I just didn't have the drive to shoot a three. It just didn't mean nothing to me. And until I met Willie, you know, they repetition, you know, change of shot. Because people don't understand. I, I, Willie, I met Willie 
when I was a seventh grader or sixth grader. I can't remember. Seventh grader. I met him at the hoop, and he helped me change my shot. And he saw me working by myself, and he, you know, asked him, hey, you know, how do I, you know, get my shot better? And he taught me. And my shot was really, really, really good. But after I fell in love with trying to dunk on people and shot a dunk, I kind of just didn't do that anymore. So it was really for, like, you know, Willie and CeeLo trying to help every day. Willie and CeeLo just – just repetition and just the way I shot things, he all they always correct me even again until I got to a point where I was correcting myself. When I got, I know, I know, I, I'm not holding my fall through. I don't know, I'm not using my legs. Like, and it was a focus on that. And I saw how easy it was to get, you know, points by just shooting threes and how it opened up my drive in to dunk on people or try to get to the rim. So it was, it was more so just you know, not paying attention to the three-point. I was just so focused on trying to dunk it, mm-hmm. and that was a cool thing. If I could barely go around and dunk, oh, that was a cool thing until, really, I found out two points is two points. <laughs> you think You think if you were coming up now, it's at the same, like, your seventh grader right now, you would still have that focus on dunking because the style of the game has changed now where everybody's shooting threes, or do you think now you would be more focused on shooting threes? Um, I think I would still be – trying to focus because being athletic or you know that, that's a big mm-hmm. thing if, I was, if I'm able to maximize my athletic skills that helps tremendously you know I don't think that I'd be a player today if I wasn't so focused on dunking because there's times that I'm not afraid of getting to the rim and there's the highlights that, that still are up that I am dunking on people that kind of opened up the you know like opened up you know people's eyes like oh, this dude this dude's good not only can he you know shoot the ball but he can you know he go in the lane and dunk on somebody that so it's kind of just kind of varies in people's eyes. So I think it would be, the, you know, I probably wish I would have done both at one mm-hmm. time, focus on, you know, shooting and shooting and then try to focus on just jumping. Because at, at that age, I I just wanted to jump. Like my knees never hurt. You yeah, know, I yeah, had yeah. to get up and start jumping, jumping. So um, I would definitely kind of just probably just pay, if I could pay attention more of shooting when I was in, you know, seventh grade or eighth grade or more consistently and kept it going into to high school, then I think it would be a definitely game-changer. But I would still be focused on dunk because that's still a good feeling to have. Were you an AAU player? Did you play AAU? Yes. I, that's probably what got me to where I was at, too. Um, I tell these kids in Oregon, man, uh, just because, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to help my community out, uh, that, like, if you could, at this point of now, to try to get um, on a team that is – happened to be close to, like, you know, Washington, like Northwest Panther team or Seattle mm-hmm. Rotary team or some type of pump and run with California just because, you know, I understood the difference. Like, I love Team Jones. I was with Team Jones. I played AE with Team Jones. Uh, I played, like, with the Salem, you know, organization. Mm-hmm. And I, we always went to these, you know, Washington went to um, – I don't know if we went to Vegas, but just kind of local around the area. And I, we always used to kill these teams, you know, but there was never no coaches there. You know, there, there was never – it was a big tournament for us because a certain team was there, but it wasn't that big. Until I went with Northwest Panthers my first year that I should have went my sophomore going to junior year, but I was too scared because my coaches and teammates, like, you can't just leave us like that. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm low. I'm like, I didn't know them better. I was like, oh, you're right. I'm not going to leave my team because the Northwest Panthers team, I was playing on their 17 team, the, the biggest team. They were traveling around. That was when Lana Lucas was there and, mm-hmm. like, they were just playing a bunch of teams, and they loved, they loved me, so they wanted me over there. But I was like, nah, nah. But last year, I was like, you know, I'm going to make that commitment. And I went to Tacoma, and I played with the Northern Panthers team. And as soon as I committed, and I told Gary, the coach, that I'm going to be playing for you, I have 71 offers in less than two days. 
They said, I trust Gary. I know Gary. Gary, Gary, um, I, we trust Gary. We know he's able. But you have a full ride over here at um, with Fresno State. We have, you have a full ride over here at Weber State. Like, I have five D1 offers from not even playing in front of them. So it definitely opened a lot from being AAU. And like I said, I think if I would have stayed in Salem I, and the locals, I wouldn't have got that. That Because like, when I opened up and I played, the coaches were asking about me, and then they went to my high school games. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, and that's when they start – that's when people start coming to watch our games, really, is because I was able to play that junior and senior year uh, away from the Panthers. And LJ was doing well, too. And we basically were like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're on the same high school team, and everyone was kind of, you know, talking. And Willie was doing his work by telling people about us and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So – AU is a big thing, and I tell kids that, look, man, it's okay if you start late because I was a late bloomer in high school. You know, I blew up my junior, senior year, two years, you know, and and then my senior playing in the AU team is where I was able to get uh, some colleges looking at me and stuff like that. But AU, I think AU is a big game changer when it comes to this whole circuit thing, especially in Salem. I think that the guys in Salem need to go somewhere else other than local if they can. I mean, mm-hmm. I love Salem. I wish there was a Salem team that was, you know, on the map where, you know, like the Seattle Rotaries or anybody, like I would I would support that. But there's no team out here that really gets those colleges. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you get one college, you know, like a Oregon might come down to see, okay, you know, because the Oregon back. I'm talking about like the ACC teams. I'm talking about the Big Ten teams. Like this, I, I, we got to go see these Oregon boys. And we don't have that. You know, not even in Portland. You know, Portland is kind of shaky a little bit, but is I would think the guys that, you know, are, you know, you know, certified as the pump and run California teams and then like, you know, Seattle Rotary and um you know for the Panther team I came from. Just like how Zach Levine. I played in Zach Levine. I actually dunked on Zach Levine. Uh it didn't count because he punched the ball through the hoop. But yeah, he was younger than me, but I dunked he was on friends of hoop. You know what I mean? Like these guys, a lot of these guys don't know that. You know, I played against these NBA guys that like growing up, but those guys that made it are from Washington. You know, that really, you know, like got consistent looks. And if I wasn't in Washington during that time, I wouldn't. I probably would be hard for me to get. I'd probably be just a good Portland State guy. Like I'm not saying Portland State is bad. I'm just saying like I wouldn't be able to go any further mm-hmm. just because I'm from Salem. Because that, because I um, asked one of my college coaches uh, and um, uh, Coach Steve. He was an ACC, I mean, my uh, Clemson coach. I said, how come you don't go to Oregon? He's like, Oregon, boy, come on. Now. I'm like, I got a, I only got three days to trip. Fly, <laughs> fly there, that's one day. See the person, that's only another, for one another day, that's two days. And then fly back, it's three days, man. Like, I don't, these boys ain't serious over there. Like, you know, it, it, it got to be worth it, you know, for somebody yeah. to really feel like you're going to come in and leave the cross country and then are they good enough? So, so I ask a lot of old people this question, but I'm, I'm going to consider you a young person. You're still under 30, so you're still a young guy. Uh, for a player in high school who wants to play in college, maybe they're not Division One level, so I'm taking out I'm taking out the big hitters. So we're just talking guys that want to play. Uh, maybe D2 is the max. Is, is AAU a good investment for their money and their time, or should they be spending more time uh, in the gym working on their skills and playing pickup with uh, better players? I think how would I answer that question is AU. I mean, you can't, you don't know who's in the gym. You know, you don't know who's in the gym and you can't. And like, 
I tell this to people, I don't care if you if you are a D3, D2, and if you're realistic. If you don't have a mindset at all to be an NBA player, and that's your settling for, and you want to listen, and you want to do what you got to do, you're not going to get anywhere, you know, because if you if you settle for the NBA, you settle for this, and you kind of, you know, be realistic yourself, but you're still going to keep grinding and keep working as if NBA players do, you're going to get something. You're going to, if you like, you know what, I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be a D2, D3 player. You're not going to be D2, D2. you're going to be Shemekin. You're going to be, you know, somewhere where it's, you know, NAIA or something like that, because you're not going to work as hard. So, I don't care. I tell people I train kids. You know, before I was coronavirus, I trained kids. I said, "Look, if if you don't believe you're gonna be a great player in one of your classes, then don't be don't don't be in my, my don't be in my workout because you're wasting my time. I'm here not only to understand. I'm teaching you guys things that I've been taught that a lot of people in Sam have been taught before. And the biggest thing that I've learned to get where I got to get to is is just my mindset of trying to be the best." and understand that I can be the best if I listen to the right people that are telling me the right thing. So I would tell them, and AAU, you got to remember, it's, it's, it's also more than basketball. You, you get the feeling that when AAU comes, you're like, oh, man, I get to travel. I get to do something, you know? And a lot of times you might not play, but a lot of people are people's watchers. So if you're watching people and you're seeing how they score and how they do things, you, and they're, they're, you get experience, say, you know, like a Zion experience or something. You see him play, like, oh, wow, you know, I'm not a Zion, but. I see what he does. You know, I see so you get to see greatness in front of your eyes and then you go back to where you're from and you establish that trying to be that type of mindset. And that's what I did. I played against a lot of players and that Texas people have played different. D.C. players play different. Florida people play different. West Coast people play different. You know, when I was growing up, it was like the East Coast people always said like, oh, West Coast boys are soft. So I put a chip in my shoulder. Because I got irritated. I'm like, nah, like, I, don't, I, I don't care. Like, Louisiana, dude, they were just dogs, grime, like, just hungry. Like, they, you know, y'all West, Bo- West Coast boys are soft. Like, it, that's all I kept hearing. And I was always I'm like, nah, no, we not. So you get to experience that because you get to see different cultures and it changes you as a player. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. you, put, you get put to the test. But if you're just, you know, playing pickup, a lot of times you, you're not taking it serious. So that's when you end up falling into the bracket of being – just an NAIA uh, player or just somewhere like you go to Shemekin and you sit on a bench, you don't even get to play. Hey, you're careful you know, about the NAIA, man. Don't knock the NAIA too no, much. No, 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 no. I'm just saying if, if <laughs> NAIA is good, but I'm not saying. I'm saying I know what you mean. I know what play, you mean. You know, there's there's different levels. And I, I think that anybody can, can you know, if you're an NAIA, you want to be starting. You want to be playing. You want to get to the next level. You want to, you know, there's always levels. Like when I was in D1, I was wanting to get to the level of being – and Clemson, ACC, it was always next level, always next level. But you want to be wherever you're at, starting and playing. No matter if it's D2, D3, D whatever. But playing pickup instead of AAU is not – I feel like it's going to be a bad effect. But I do when it's not – when it's during season or during like, – when you can't play AAU or, you know, off season, it is still good to play pickup. It doesn't matter who you play against. It's great. You know, I, I read a little bit about the Michael Jordan bo- uh, book and my San Francisco coach had told me that, Jordan actually got really good by playing pickup with older folks because there were three guys guarding him and he would make sure he picked his points of where to shoot and he took it serious. And I feel like that's that's the difference. I come back and I play in Salem and the people always say, man, for some reason, every time you come back to Salem basketball, he ends up being better at the courthouse. It's like because they don't see me just half-assing and they don't see me just joking around, laughing. I'm too, you know, I really try to work and play my hardest. And that's when like, oh, well, he's, 
he's not coming in here acting all big time. So I'm gonna work hard too. So it depends on how you take it when you play these pickups. It can hurt you and it, it can help you a lot. That's great. Yeah, definitely about mindset right there. So you go from high school, you go to San Francisco, then you transfer to Clemson. What are some of the differences between uh, high school basketball, Division One basketball? I mean, obviously the talent, of course, but just the approach to the game, the approach to practices, and the time commitment, and the uh, the mental investment you have. Yeah. So I mean, that's there. There's definitely big, big difference between those. Um, I was, you know, fortunate to have Willie and CeeLo tell me, you know, when we ran 22s and 33s and stuff like that, like when we, you know, did something bad. It's funny because I ended up going to San Francisco and that's what we did. So I was prepared for that. I was like, damn, you know, that's what they said. But I worked hard. I was one of the hardest working dudes, I believe, in Salem. And I thought I was ready for college. I was a freshman. But it's a total different type of like, where I went to. It was just you eat, sleep, everything basketball. Everything. Everything basketball. And I thought I was doing that already, but it's not. Talking about you got tutors. I mean, all this stuff affected because it's, people are thinking, okay, about basketball wise, but not like when you go to tutors or you're going to class and you have to go basketball again, it's all about mindset. Like you have a strong mindset to come to practice the next day to, to, to compete because you're competing for spots. So I think going from high school to, 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 to college was a definitely a game changer because the mindset of showing how strong, because you're, you're competing against someone every day. Every day is an interview in college it's an interview you got to sit there and, and and show the coach what you do every single day so you might have a great practice one day but the next day is a new day you know what i mean and and it changes that and and you know you got guys are more physical than you you got seniors that are like 20 years old 21 year old and you're only 18 so you got to deal with grown men so the college is is definitely a lot different because it's a lot faster a lot stronger and people are a lot smarter than you because they're older, they're wiser. So when you come from being a senior in high school, you think you know it all. But you got another senior in college that's been way through it, way through war, and you just getting this, so you're just a baby. And then that happens to be, you know, when you go to professional, it resets again. You're, you're, you, but like, that's a mindset, but you can still be at their level, but they're gonna know a lot more than you. They're gonna know what to do, what not to do. And so I think just honestly, just, taking a step-by-step step. and I think the change was just grown men to to kids you know I was a kid in high school went to a grown man and they were grown men they knew what to do and I didn't know so it, it honestly is just a physicality and and the the IQ of basketball going from high school to college yeah those are great great tips for any young player who's trying to make that that transition from high school to college because it definitely can be a shock if you're not prepared even if you're prepared it can still be a shock but at least you're ready for it when you went to the G League, which is one step away from the NBA, what was that experience like from your perspective? Not a lot of people know about what the G League life is like. Can you share a little bit about what that is? Yeah, man, it's it's, it's a blessing. First and foremost, a lot of these guys, um, a lot of people here try to tell them, oh, I didn't want to go to the G League because they didn't pay no money. Nah, man, it's, there's different steps to it. It's, it's very, very hard to get in the G League. And people just think, oh, I'm going to go overseas because, you know, they pay more money. Like, nah, it's. The G League is a blessing, um, you know, because when I actually went to Santa Cruz and I actually got, you know, I got um, drafted, I thought I was on the team. I was like, I'm on the team. No, you're not on the team. <laughs> you're going in the camp now. You're going to camp. So now you have to prove yourself why you get to be on the team. So I thought being drafted in G League would mean that I'm, I'm on the team. So I'm getting in there. There was eight guys already established, right? 
there's eight guys. There's 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 a uh, um, George Niang. There's you know Quinn Cook. There's Alex Ham. There's all these NBA guys basically. There, eight of them are established. There's ten roster spots. There's sixteen or fifteen people there. There's only two more spots. <laughs> so I'm looking. I'm like, oh God, how is this even possible? We got these veterans still here. They're coming back also, right? So it's a grind. So you have to then grind to get a spot. And if you don't get the spot, you 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 don't you don't make it. So for me, making a a a, a, a ten roster out of sixteen guys and veterans that already been in G League, that showed me how a blessing it was. And then being in there felt like I was in the NBA because quick friend, I was playing with Quinn Cook every day. And then when Quinn Cook went up, I'm playing with Jeremy Pardos. And then I was playing with Terrence Jones. I was playing with CJ Wilcox. I was playing with uh, um. George Niang, I was playing with just all NBA players that's been in the NBA and, and you know, or, or, or just left the NBA. So I was able to establish myself and play against these players as well and, and be at a high level. But the G League, it is, it is politics, but the one thing about G League, why is a hit or miss, it, it's all about timing, man. Like, if I was playing at Santa Cruz when this whole Steph and Clay and all of them got hurt, I would have had a better shot at the NBA. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I would have made the NBA, but to say, for example, if Quinn Cook had went up because he had two, now there's Steph spots there, and then now I get to start. Even if they brought Jeremy Pargos in, they still needed somebody to play. There's two, three people that hurt. So now I get to start and play a lot, a lot of minutes in the G League. So now my reps go up. And I always tell this story. This guy named Josh Gray. I was my. He was in the G League. He's playing in Arizona. He was pretty good. He was a point guard. He was um my first year in. He's a second year in, and he wasn't playing. I was playing against Arizona uh, Suns, and he never played ever. And I remember that it was uh I forgot who it was, but the Suns just like the, all the point guards just went down. One guy broke his ankle and his bone came out. I, I don't remember what when that was, but he finally got to play after two years, and he literally had a 3-1 and 10 game. He just went off. He didn't play for two years. And then he ended up getting a call up and ended up now he's, he's with the Pelicans, down the back with the Pelicans. So it's all about timing. But you also be killing in G League and then your team or any team in the NBA doesn't need you. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know what I mean? So it's so for me, going to the G League is one is a blessing. And it feels like the NBA because you got guys in the NBA mm-hmm. that currently was in the NBA there and you're you're competing them against back you're competing them you learn so much mm-hmm. and then you're able to stay on the roster because i got to stay the whole season a lot of people get cut yeah you know and i was able to stay there so it, it is definitely an nba vibe for sure it's it's they treat you like nba i mean i remember when clay and I, uh i think it was clay yeah it was clay steph and kd they came down a few times to watch our games so that was that was special to shake their hands. And I remember um, Steph, he came in the locker room and he was like thanking us, like, thank you for letting us, you know, let thank you, let me watch your game. I'm like, boy, if you don't quit, this is your organization. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's cool to see how, 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 how down to earth, how down to earth uh, um, these guys are. But it's definitely a great experience. Well, and even if you sacrifice a little bit of money for a year, that's a year of like you're getting great coaching. You're playing against high quality talent every day. And that makes you more prepared for the next opportunity. Oh, for sure. It's it, you. You learn so much, man. I, I, I remember I, I learned. I learned so much, and that makes me feel like I still can get to the league if I want to. But like I said, a lot of it is about timing. A lot of things are not out of control. Like I can go. I can try. Like you know what? Seven years. I'm gonna try to get to the league. 
I know I can get to the league, but it could be seven years. I can finally get to that, that stage and I get there. And then, you know, now I'm on and off the team. And now it's like, okay, that felt good. But there's seven years worth a lot of overseas money. A lot of people get paid. There's a lot of money overseas, a lot, so, so much. So do I want to risk, do I want to be just in the NBA and feel like, oh, guys, I got the status of an NBA player? Or do I want to get my money while I can? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I'm choosing that right now. So trying to get as much money and the best things, the opportunity to get my money now. And then if I want to try a shot at the G League again, then I'm going to do it again. But, you know, currently, you know, it's, it's, it's for me about just trying to get the right check right now. Yeah. But I guess I've only been out. This is my second season. So, I mean, I was hurt the last season. But, but yeah, that's for the G League question, it was it was definitely a great experience. And it's definitely NBA talent all over the place. And they got high school guys that is going from straight high school with number one draft picks, you know, or, you know, uh, players, whatever the big-time players go straight to the G League now, and they're going to be in there. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a difficult, you know, it's a difficult league to be in too. So if I'm a high school player or even a college player and my goal is to play professionally, whether that's in America or a different country, what are maybe one or two pieces of advice that you think are most important for somebody in that situation? So first, I would ask, um, what is your ethnicity? What is your race? Because a lot of these guys don't, they focus on NBA too much. Sometimes that, you know, the reason why people like to play is because they, they play to play the game they love and get paid for it. So a lot of people end up being, you know, from like from Russia back background or, you know, uh, or Mexico. Like I'm, I'm, I'm my uh, dual citizenship. So if you're able to first, understand that, you know, say if you're Russian, you got to do citizenship in Russia, you're automatically going to, first of all, be on a great team because it's hard to find a great Russian player. It's hard to find a great Mexican player. So I would ask that first to see, hey, man, if you're able to be, if you're able to ethnicity, group, whatever, try to focus on the fact that if you don't get to the league, there's still great hope to be on a Barcelona team if you're Spain or whatever. You, get, you know what I mean? That's what I was focused on. And Basically, that that's that that in general, and then just the fact of just you know, keep competing and just trying to figure out how much you really love the game, and just you know understand there's ups and downs, and you know like there's there's everyone road is different, and so I I would those are two different basically things I would say just you know I would try to focus on where you're from and understand focus on this NBA and overseas and tell people there's are I ask them are you playing to be in the status of NBA or are you actually playing if you love the game basketball they pay money you know because if they you want to go somewhere that pays good money and you love to play basketball then shoot for the nba but understand there's great hope that a lot of players overseas got way more money than nba players because they don't have taxes <laughs> you know they paying you full full front and, mm-hmm. and if you're able to be a dual dual citizenship somewhere in russia or spain your your money's going to triple you know mm-hmm. and people don't understand they don't know i just learned that when i got mexican passport now, I didn't know that people with passwords and dual citizenship get paid more because, you know, there's only three Americans or uh, three, you know, three, you know, uh, yeah, basically imports. three Americans on the team, imports on the team, and the rest are the from that country. So those are good things. And then you get to travel around the world, man. Like, and you can always go back, man. So you always can go try your best to go. If you, if, if you go overseas, you start overseas, and you end up being great somewhere. Um, you always come back to the G League or NBA. You always try to come back, and if it don't work, then go back to where you work. You know, it's 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 all about timing. People have different timings. You know, I always tell people is you get 
you get to the gold if you want to keep pushing. You know, a guy might be digging gold, digging gold for gold and stuff like that, and, and they might get to the gold quicker, but they don't see it because the wall's in front of them. They don't see what's in front of them. But as long as you keep pushing, it don't matter how slow it is or how you get to the gold, keep going and trust that there's gold on the other side, you're going to get there eventually to where you want to. Because a lot of people stop digging because they can't see the gold on the other side. So they stop right when the gold, they break down the wall because they say, yo, man, so-and-so got there before me. It's been three years, four years. I'm just going to stop. Everyone has a different time to get to where they want to get to. So that's, that's, that's what I believe in. And that's why, you know, I, I tell myself every time, you're just going to get to the gold a little bit later than everybody. What's one book every athlete needs to read? One book athletes need to read, I would say, like the Michael Jordan book. It tells you a lot of about different things that you can do and things you take serious. You know, he, uh, my coach pointed out in one of the books that, uh, then again, when I said before, is that, you know, he played a lot, a lot of pickup and he took it serious. You know, he was playing against a lot of guys that couldn't play. He played against a lot of older dudes, but they would be two to three guys guarding him and he would pick their spots. He would pick their spots, um, you know, where he wants to get to. His game accelerated because he knew that he took it serious and he his jump shot, his memory had become really good because he couldn't get in the hole because there's so many guys that's crowded in the paint. So that's reading Michael Jordan book. He'll tell you a lot about being great, one of the greatest of all time. So that's a book that people should read. What's one habit every athlete needs to start? One habit athletes need to start is the, the, the worth ethic, man. You got to work hard. Um, and a lot of people think working hard means run yourself to the ground and so you just can't move no more. That's not, that's not what it means. I'm, I would think working hard is pick the things you're good at and need to be not need things you are good at and things that you are not good at and focus on those every single day and, and go hard in those. You know what I mean? Work hard, work hard, have a habit of working hard because once you get in college, and you don't have that mindset, you're not going to make it. If you don't work hard, no matter how good you are, you're not going to make it because the coach is not going to put up with it. And I've never met no player that don't work hard at all. It doesn't matter how cocky they are or think they're the, you know, they think they're the man. They always work hard no matter what. And, and especially at a high-level college or any college, that if you want to be good and play, you've got to work hard no matter what. Find your things to work hard at and be consistent. Be very, very consistent. And what's one habit every athlete needs to stop? One habit every everyone needs to stop doing is stop looking and seeing where other people are at and why they're not there. Stop looking ahead and saying, well, well, that person, how come that person, you know, gets to play more than me? Or how come such and such gets to play more than me? Or how come people need to stop focusing on stuff they can't control? That's something that is going to drive you insane because at this age still, there's certain things I can't control, but I've learned not to dwell on it. I dwell on stuff that how to get better when my time has come to be ready, to be ready when my time has come. So if you worry about other people and worry about what you can't control, you're never going to move nowhere because every situation is going to probably could be the same with you. You can't control about someone playing in front of you, but you will get a time where you can prove yourself, prove yourself. And, and, and if you're not ready because you're dwelling on other people, then that's your chance. So I would say, just stop focusing on other people and stop worrying about things you can't control. Uh, let's get to it. Look.
let me restore the passion in golden era fashion. That that's corrupt, you'll turn me up while we run the atlas. Pray the pain won't be in vain. Poor you say the mask it. Why they kiss ass for traction? Build my own lane and lap them. Chances are they want the credit for your sacrifice. I'll hand you the patent and recreate it twice. Ready to die, you're only one and better name your price. On my 25th hour, no relation to spike. Ask for the spike in my price. Blame the economy. You heard 444. Hope will be proud of me since 22 twos. No competition here, honestly. My mantra is supposed pay me. Call it a prophecy. Boxing one, there's no stopping me. Work to whoever you're praying to. Cooling in the layup line. Look at what y'all made me do. Laughing at advances now.